It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 27th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Obviously, today we're broadcasting with a very heavy heart, and and we do have a game to talk about as the Orlando Magic fall to the LA Clippers, one twelve to to ninety seven. But that feels very secondary with what happened in the NBA world today, or on Sunday. Um, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about Kobe Bryant's legacy, his relationship to the Orlando Magic, and how he really was kind of the measuring stick for so many players in this league. So we'll discuss his legacy. Uh, again, his connection to the Orlando Magic and, and what he meant to the league here on today's show. We'll then finish off by talking a little bit about the Magic's loss to the LA Clippers, which just frankly seems very secondary at this point in time. Uh, I would be remiss, though, if I did not say uh, if that you're interested in learning more about Kobe Bryant's legacy. Uh, I, as an Orlando Magic you know, fan, as an Orlando Magic uh, podcaster, as an Orlando Magic, you know, someone who follows the Magic, I do not have a full grasp of Kobe Bryant's uh, legacy uh, in in the NBA or or, or what he meant to the city of Los Angeles. Um, if you are interested in learning more or, or, or hearing more and 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 getting a getting a chance to perhaps fully, you know, grasp what what happened Sunday and, and the immeasurable loss that that the NBA community is feeling, I highly suggest you download Locked On Lakers, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers podcast, and the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, obviously, Kobe Bryant to some to some is the greatest Laker of all time. He of course won five NBA championships with the Lakers. Spent all twenty of his Hall of Fame career with the Los Angeles Lakers. Kobe Bryant, of course, expected to be named to the Hall of Fame in just two weeks. Just uh, unbelievable. Just it, it it's it's unfair. Um, you know, I was uh, I would I would say you know one of my favorite events every year is the Hall of Fame induction ceremony um, because you you you. Get to hear from great players talking about their careers in a very frank way. Um, you know, I, I I love the speeches and I love kind of reliving the history through the players' eyes. And and especially now, you know, I'm of an age where the players that I grew up watching um, are are now entering the Hall of Fame. And 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 you know, it is kind of strange to say that, but 
you know, I, I remember, I, you know, I, I know Tracy McGrady is someone whose career is, is forever linked with Kobe Bryant in, in many ways. Um, I remember listening to Tracy McGrady's Hall of Fame speech and, and, and tearing up and, and really, you know, feeling something special. I know a lot of fans around the world felt that kind of connection to Kobe Bryant because, um, you know, obviously T-Mac was very specific to Orlando and, and he does have an international following in China, so I don't want to say that he isn't Kobe, but Kobe is Kobe. And and so obviously, uh, uh, you know, it, it, there, there's, there's a connection that is lost here uh, from the entire NBA family. I mean, you can probably tell, you know, I'm, I'm, I wasn't, I'll admit I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan. Um, I appreciate and respect his game, obviously, but, but I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan uh, as, a, as, as he was playing. Um, some of that because he was on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast. But um, if, if you want more perspective on, on Kobe Bryant's legacy, uh, check out Locked On Lakers. You can also check out Locked On NBA. I'm sure they will have lots of commentary. I know that uh, Rejecting the Screen, um, one of our other Locked On podcasts, also had a little bit of a retrospective on Kobe Bryant that they posted recently as well. So um, definitely check out all these great podcasts if you're interested in learning more or, or hearing more about about Kobe Bryant. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's, it's your team every day. At the end of the 2009 NBA Finals, Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson sat on the bench and and watched Los Angeles Lakers celebrate on their floor. Um, I remember watching that game. I was I was actually in Minneapolis. I was actually driving from Chicago to Minneapolis uh, that 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 day. I was starting an internship with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx uh, that that following Monday. I'd, I'd been in town for Game Four of the NBA Finals after I had finished up finals uh, in, in in college uh, for the year for the summer for the for the spring, um, and I was getting ready to go to my internship. You know, a, a bit you know really big internship. I you know I, I love the Minnesota Lynx organiz- and I love the Minnesota Timberwolves organization. Um, just uh, I. I Felt like they were. I, I I had a really great summer, but that year was obviously special because the Magic were in the finals, and I remember watching that game and just coming to a very quick realization that that it was over, that the Magic had come as close as they've ever come to winning a championship, that that they had a team that was good enough to win a championship, that they had played a fairly competitive series. And yet, they were nowhere close to winning that. I know a lot of Magic fans would say, "Oh, if, you know, the gold ten had been counted. If Courtney Lee had made that that layup, then it would have been a different series, and it would have been a different series." But if you watch that that series and, and remember that series well, the Magic set an NBA Finals record for field goal percentage in the third quarter in the in Game Three of that series, and still needed a late layup for Michael Petras to to finish that game off. And frankly, no one talks about it. Petras probably traveled on that play. So I called it a competitive five-game series, but the right team won. And, and I remember walking into the office throughout, throughout a good chunk of that summer, that first week after, or actually that first day that I was, I was in the Minnesota Timberwolves office, they had... NBA TV on and they were replaying the entire series in a row, all five games. And I remember seeing that and just shaking my head, thinking of, of how close that this team was to winning a championship. The enduring image 
for Magic fans at least from from the end of that series was video and and images of Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson, the Magic's two young captains, still young at that time, sitting on the bench, making sure that they watched the Lakers celebrate that championship, making sure they watched the a, a champion get crowned so that they would remember what that hurt felt like. That they would remember what it took, what it felt like to, to, to be on the losing side so they, because they didn't want to feel bad again. But to look at what it looks like at the top of the mountain. That's how Magic fans remember that series. Of course... Magic never did reach the top of that mountain. The following year, they came back with a perhaps better team. I would argue the 2010 team was better. But like so many things when you're when you're competing for a championship, it's like a Jenga tower. You pull the wrong the wrong thing and the whole tower topples over. And Orlando made some mistakes in the Eastern Conference Finals of that series against the Boston Celtics. Or, or mistakes early that were too difficult for them to dig out of. They couldn't scratch out the wins that they needed, and all of a sudden, the whole culture that they had built began to collapse around them. They never got back to the NBA Finals. The national narrative on that 2009 Finals team, or that 2009 season, is about Kobe Bryant. The Magic were side characters. In fact, they're somewhat the villain, robbing the NBA world of a LeBron James, Kobe Bryant finals that never came to be either. It was closest that that any that that the league came to that marquee matchup. And, and Magic fans still take pride in, in denying the world that matchup. We all remember the puppets. But that season, the way history will remember that season, as is the year that Kobe Bryant defined his legacy. On the Orlando Arena floor, on the Amway Arena floor, Kobe Bryant won his first title without Shaquille O'Neal. A title that that probably meant more to Kobe than any other title that at least came before it. I, 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 would, I would venture to guess that the 2010 title means a little bit more to Kobe than, than any of the others because it was over the Celtics and no offense to the Magic, we're not the Celtics as far as prestige goes. Could have been a rematch. You, know, you never know. But that championship was Kobe's legacy in, in so many ways. And he had an incredible final series, averaging 32 points per game, and I believe seven assists per game. In fact, I remember vividly that it wasn't a score that did the magic in. If you had to ask me where that series ended, it was when Kobe Bryant faced a double team from Jameer Nelson and dished it out to Derek Fisher in overtime of Game 4 to clinch that, that, seri- to clinch that game and complete a, complete a comeback over a Magic team that had just probably found a moment that was a little too big for them at the time. The enduring image that, that I just think about now, knowing what, what's happened, and I probably should have led with it, I'm bearing the lead here, was Kobe holding his two daughters 
celebrating that championship, really for the first time with either of them, the first time as a father, celebrating that championship. A championship that was wholly his. A championship where he had grown and matured. No longer the kind of kind of young sidekick to Shaquille O'Neal, the, the yin to the yang. The team that was his, that he owned, and the league was his. It's 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 still hard to believe just just thinking about that even even for a brief moment that a little more than ten years later Kobe Bryant and one of those one of those those young girls I mean they were still still small enough that he could hold both in his arms. As he as he prepared to receive the the Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP trophy and the and the and the Larry O'Brien trophy, that he and one of one of his two girls had died in a helicopter accident in, in California on Sunday, with still so much for both of them to do. Kobe had, you know, since retiring, had, had come into his own as a father and, and, and really an activist for, for athletes everywhere, but especially women athletes and especially his own daughter. They were on their way to a basketball game at the Mamba Academy, at his Mamba Academy. And for the first time, it just, it feels like we're robbed of seeing what Kobe can do. For a long, long time in the NBA, Kobe was the guy. He was he wanted to be the heir apparent to Jordan, and, and he really was. A player that even if you didn't like him, you respected him. A player that even if you were going against him, you respected him. Because you knew that he played the game the right way. That he was going to give it his all at every moment and he was going to do whatever it took to win the game. In a lot of ways, he is the narrative ideal of what an athlete is. Almost maniacal in, in his attention to detail and his drive to, to, to win, just to win a, a game. It was only after basketball that, that we kind of found out that, that there was a little bit more to him, that, that, that there was a lot more to, to him and to his life. And, and, and as he you know, was beginning to transition away, we, we, saw, you know, we, 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 gained, we began to gain at least a little appreciation for the person uh, who was Kobe Bryant. But I keep thinking, I keep thinking back to that moment for the magic. You know, maybe, you know again, we're a magic podcast, so I'm going to tie it to the magic in some way. I keep thinking back to that moment of the magic watching Kobe's greatness and wanting to aspire to reach that level, of trying to tap into the kind of Mamba mentality mystique and really feel that pain and begin the push to never feel that pain again. It's it's not always a fairy tale to reach that. Kobe Bryant is obviously was obviously very very good at what he did. But 
That drive and that push is what defined Kobe too. He set impossible expectations for himself. He set impossible goals because he aimed to achieve the impossible and would not accept anything less than that. Because if, you know, the old saying is if you shoot for the if you shoot for the moon, you might reach the stars. That was Kobe Bryant. That was the Mamba mentality. To be so dogged determined to reach the impossible dream, the impossible goal, that even in failing, you get somewhere great. But even in getting somewhere great, you don't stay satisfied. You keep pushing for more. I think it's no wonder that so many basketball fans were attracted to this charisma, to be frank. So many players around the world were inspired specifically by Kobe Bryant. Sure, having the kind of loudspeaker of a big market of winning championships kind of put him in that spotlight. But just because you get the spotlight, just because you have the opportunity doesn't mean you get through the door. That's a huge lesson throughout the entire league. Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant would say, Tracy McGrady was the most talented player and toughest guy to defend in the entire league, but T-Mac never could get himself through that door. Kobe Bryant willed himself through that door several on several occasions. He kept defying what everyone believed about him and kept pushing for more. And that inspired everyone. From... You know, perhaps a young guard in France trying to emulate, you know, gravitating toward Mike Bibby, an opponent of Kobe Bryant, who now wears his shoes. To a young forward from Northern California who one day would train with Kobe at that Mamba Academy and try and learn a little bit from the master, so to speak to two young players who had come so close to greatness and wanted to feel the pain so they can get back there again, even if maybe it's not in the cards for them to do so. It's sometimes hard in the moment, especially in sports, when we pick our allegiances and we cheer for who we want to cheer for sometimes hard in the moment to appreciate the greatness around you. you know, I, I, would, I would say one of my biggest regrets as a fan, as a young fan especially, because I was six or seven at the time, one of my greatest regrets is I was such a big Magic fan that I hated Michael Jordan. The Bulls kept the Magic from winning titles. And I, I, I mean multiple titles, I do believe that. And I never truly appreciated Michael Jordan. And honestly, I would probably say the same thing about Kobe to some extent because this, the T-Mac-Kobe rivalry was a real one. We, we had real debates about who was better between Kobe and T-Mac. And you look back at that debate now and it seems silly because, you know, obviously Kobe got the titles. And Kobe had the longevity. And Kobe 
was able to able to while scoring a ton of points and taking a ton of shots, still lift his team to greatness in a way that yeah, T Mac never really did, maybe through no fault of his own. You just have to appreciate the greatness you're watching and the people you have in your life and hopefully take some inspiration from them of their drive, of their determination, of their will to be great. And sometimes that's sometimes that's that's all you can say on a day like this is to appreciate what they, what people stood for at the end of their life. It's tough, man. I, 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 I don't know if those words help. I don't know if they're the right words to say. I don't know what else I can do except express, express the, this, you know, this, this form of grief. But I would only say that Kobe Bryant was an all-timer, man. And basketball is a lot less fun without him here to watch it with us and be a part of it in some way. driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed well, the Orlando Magic still played a basketball game on Sunday. Um, I would argue that it didn't matter very much. Um, from the very beginning, it was clear that that really neither team was was really ha- totally into the game. I would say um, that the energy level just just wasn't there. Um, I would I would say that. You could tell just emotionally guys just weren't giving maybe second or third efforts that, that you might normally see in a game like this, especially kind of a Sunday after afternoon game, uh, the Magic hosting uh, one of the best teams in the league in the LA Clippers. And it, you, could, you could just tell that everyone's minds were elsewhere. And so, you know, I, I, I don't want to be overly critical of guys because I think everyone mourns in different ways. Um, you know, I think some guys are able to kind of compartmentalize and play well and other guys just, it, it's too much. And, and, you know, I like, I, I think I kind of expressed earlier, you know, some people probably viewed Kobe, um, in, in different ways, uh, or, 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 or got different meanings from him or had different, you know, kind of relationships or emotional relationships with him as far as, as being fans and, and, and lovers of the sport. Um, you know, I, 
I, I, I definitely feel a, a, a bunch of sadness and grief, but you know, I know people who are feeling much worse today than, 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 than I, than I am. And I'm sure several players are also feeling much worse having known him personally, having watched him play and, and been inspired by him to take up the game and, and try and emulate him in some way. Um, the, the Clippers won 112 to 97. You know, a fairly, fairly straightforward game, I would say. You know, Magic had some had some good run uh, early on in the game. They took an 11 point lead in the second quarter, um, but that quickly disappeared because Kawhi Leonard is very good at basketball. Um, he was able to get to his spots, hit shots. Magic, you know, no team has an answer when Kawhi Leonard's able to hit shots, and he does that very, very often. Um, but the Clippers did a good job. I felt on the offensive glass, um, they get you know twenty second chance points off of twelve offensive rebounds. Um, so obviously that's that's a problem, and and you know the Clippers did a good job forcing the Magic to to bring up their backline help and 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 free up Ivica Zubas and and free up um, you know you know some of their other players to, to attack the offensive glass. Zubas was the main guy with four of the twelve offensive rebounds, um, and you know they got some long rebounds and and then they got to the foul line. You know uh, the Clippers shoot twenty nine free throws in the game. A lot of that coming in the second quarter, and that helped the Clippers stake their lead a little bit in, in that second quarter, take the lead into halftime, and then build that lead up to 19 in the third quarter. The, the third quarter for the Magic was just a was just a struggle. Um, you know, LA outscores the Magic 31 to 20 in the quarter. And, you know, I, I remember Steve Clifford, you know, Dante Marcatelli of Fox Sports Florida saying uh, on the broadcast that Steve Clifford just kind of turned to his guys and said, You guys got to make a shot. Um, you know, be be professional. You just you got to make a shot. And, and Orlando was getting some open looks, but they missed a ton of open shots all game long. And I mean, it's it's a broken record at this point about the Magic and shooting. You know, I I think fatigue is playing a real role. And I thought early on, actually, I thought when the Magic built their eleven point lead, they did a good job passing up three pointers. I think there was a there there was definitely a specific focus on let's get the ball inside in Nikola Vucevic, establish him in the post. The Magic tend to do better when he's he's close to the basket. And then use that to set up the three. Or if the three's not there, if you're not 100% comfortable with the three, take a pump fake, take a dribble in, take a mid-range jumper. It's okay. It's it's more important to get a good shot than to take the three-point shot. Um, I, I thought that discipline went away, especially in the third quarter, but Orlando got open shots and they missed them. I mean, it's been a story all year that the Magic have missed open shots at an irregular rate. Um, it continued. It's continued over the last few games. And again, I think fatigue does play a role. I think I think legs are kind of gone. Um, and But guys were just out of rhythm, especially the starters. I mean, again, broken record here. Orlando is not getting the production that they need from their three best players. Um, Nikola Vucevic, 13 points, 5 for 14 shooting, missed all five of his three-pointers. Six rebounds, five assists, about the only uh, saving grace for him. He fouled out in the game. Evan Fournier, 11 points, 5 for 19 shooting, 1 for 8 from beyond the arc. Uh, Again, not going to win games when your two best offensive players are combining for 24 points on 10 for 33 shooting, 1 for 13 from from the three-point line. You're just not going to win. Um, Aaron Gordon, 10 points, 3 for 12 shooting, 1 for 4 from beyond the arc, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. He, you know, he had a tough ta- ta- time with Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't. Um, you know, I thought I thought he was dribbling around a little too much. Um, you know, the Magic tried to get him going toward the basket, but again, just, you're not winning if you don't make shots. You got to make shots to win in this league, and, and the Magic just aren't aren't hitting shots. I mean, it, 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 I, I wish I had a more complicated explanation for why the Magic are losing these games, but... Their three best players are not performing at the level that they need to perform at. For whatever reason, their Magic cannot get consistent games from their three best players, and 
That's why they're losing a lot of games right now. Now, I, I would, I would, I would venture to guess that fatigue has a big thing to do with it. The Magic have played 18 games in 33 days. They have not had consecutive days off since uh, December 27th, um, and, and that was actually on the road in Sacramento. So the Magic just have not had a chance to catch their breath a little bit and kind of get their legs back under them. They play, obviously, Monday against Miami. That'll be the 18th game in 33 days, and and if they lose that, they'll be 9-9 nine and nine in those games. So, um, or actually, they won't because they'll, 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 they'll be back. So it's, they'll, I think they'll be 7 in... I want to say they'll be seven and eleven, but that doesn't sound right either. It's that they'll be either seven and eleven or eight or eight and ten. Um, so you know they've they've kept their head above water through the stretch, and, and I think we all kind of I think when the schedule came out, I, I said specifically you can go back and listen to the archives on that. I said specifically you just got to survive January, uh, get to the end of January, and then the schedule lightens up uh, when you get into February, um, and that's the truth. And 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 you know it starts February first against Miami at home. Um, you got a chance to really kind of build some momentum back again with a couple with you know some time off to get your legs back under you get get some rest get some sleep I, I'm probably going to take maybe take some time off to, to get some sleep too here um, but um, it's it's just got to be better um, you know it's, it's, it's you just got to get the magic just got to kind of recover the recover a little bit and this has just been a really really tough stretch the saving grace in this game as bad as the starters were. The bench was really, really good in this game, and they brought a lot of energy and deserve a lot of credit for just finding a way to kind of keep pace in this game. And everyone, everyone off the bench outside of Terrence Ross, who also struggled eight points through fifteen shooting, over six from beyond the arc. Again, Magic are not winning if Terrence Ross is missing six three pointers. Magic are not winning if Evan Fournier is missing seven three pointers. Magic are not winning if Nikola Vucevic misses five three pointers. They've got to be better with their shot selection, and they got to make the shots that the open shots that they do get. And, and they missed a lot of open shots in this game. But they also took bad shots, so I don't want to completely exonerate them. Um, but Michael Carter-Williams was the best player on the team team tonight. 15 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 for 11 shooting. Did a good job attacking off the dribble. Did a good job getting to the basket. Good, did a good job finishing and, and you know was pesky defensively, as he always is. He's, he's, he's definitely back to being kind of at full speed after coming back from the injury. And, and the Magic are better for it. He's helped change the tide of some games. And Magic, you know, Clifford has said he's got to find a way to get him in the game. He's getting him in the game and doing plenty with him. Um, you know, it's certainly not DJ Augustine who maybe has a little bit better control of the offense and maybe a little more discipline within the offense, but, um, you know, Carter Williams is certainly more than capable of manning that backup point guard spot. Mo Bamba also had a really nice game. Played 20 minutes in this one, thanks to foul trouble from Nikola Vucevic. 10 points, 3 for 6 shooting, 1 for 2 from beyond the arc, 4 rebounds, 3 blocks. Um, I've been saying it for a long, long time, and it's becoming a lot more consistently. Bamba's positioning is a lot better defensively. He's making a lot fewer mistakes defensively. Um, his awareness is a lot better. I mean, he still makes mistakes. He had he, he had a couple mis- couple errors late in the game. Um, you know, Clifford extended his minutes out because Vucevic was struggling so much in this one. Um, extended Bamba's minutes out because he was effective. And um, you know, that's a good sign. You know, you know, I know, I know a lot of fans are eager to see Bamba play a little bit more. Um, you know, they're a little maybe frustrated with his minute distribution, but I think that's a function of the Magic's best player also plays his position, but. Bamba earned his minutes in this one. He played really, really well. His positioning was good. His blocks were, you know, blocks that came from knowing where to be on the floor and reading the de- reading the offense really well. Um, and so, uh, it's it, it was a really nice game. Bamba struggled with a shot a lot, so it was good to see him get some shots to go down. He had now he had a three pointer, had a nice uh, pump fake into a step step in mid range jumper. That's that that's a great move for him to have and great move for him to develop. Um, you know, it, it, I worry less about his shot than others might. 
Um, but his defensive positioning has been really, really good, and that's what's gotten him more playing time. And that's why I, I, I'm really happy with how he's playing. I know that that some people are not. I know that the numbers don't maybe support that, but I think that he's learned a lot and is, is, is getting a lot better as, as the season has gone on. The Magic shoot 35.8% from the floor, 7 for 32 from beyond the arc, 22 of 32 from foul lines. Orlando did, did got to the line, especially in that first quarter when they built their lead um, a lot, and, and that helped a ton. Orlando had 16 offensive rebounds but failed to convert on them. 27 assists, just 6 turnovers. So a lot of signs, a lot of signals that, you know, 16 stocks, 9 steals, 7 blocks. Magic had a lot of signals in this one that they that they could win. Um, you know, they didn't play poorly. Um, you know, they, they you know, certainly under the circumstances with the energy the way it was, it was just kind of a weird game. Um, they're, they're doing a lot of things that will help them win. But right now, they just cannot score. And, and, and their inability to score is frustrating them and they're making mistakes on defense because of that, um, which is, you know, not acceptable and, and certainly not the way this team needs to play. They need to get back to kind of their defensive intensity and physicality um, and, and just attention to detail. Um, everything for this team starts on defense. If they want the offense to work better, it has to start on defense. If they defend well, they will get transition points, and that will get everyone back in rhythm. That's when they're at their best anyway. Um, but they need their best players to make shots. They need to make shots in general, and, and if they do that, they'll score a little bit more. They'll probably defend a little bit better, and that'll make up the difference in these kinds of games. Um, you know, the Clippers are obviously a good team. Playing without Patrick Beverly, playing without Paul George, they're still a very good team. Kawhi Leonard's still very, very good. Um, but Orlando did a lot of good things in this one. They just... Could, they just couldn't keep up at the end of the day, end of the game, and and that third quarter was ultimately what doomed them. An eleven point third quarter and a seventeen point game that 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 changes that changes a lot of things. So the Magic fall to the LA Clippers one twelve to ninety seven at the Amway Center. Orlando's back in action tomorrow uh, against the Miami Heat at American Airlines Center. American Airlines Arena. Excuse me. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Magic fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Magic fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans 
Love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you, your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Obviously, a, 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 a different show and a rough show and a rough time for basketball fans everywhere. Um, I, would, I would hope uh, if you're you know, interested in learning more about Kobe or, or, want to, or just want to grieve a little bit more uh, and, and hear people talk about Kobe Bryant and his legacy, I hope my thoughts um, helped in some way. Um, if, if not, um, definitely check out Locked On Lakers, Locked On NBA. Uh, and, and get more perspective on on Kobe Bryant's life and his career in the NBA and his impact on basketball as well. Um, you can of course follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. Follow podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places you know, podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. Um, and of course, uh, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk about the Magic's game against the Miami Heat. Hopefully happier times are ahead. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. R.I.P. Mamba. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.